So welcome to another episode of Sludge Underground. Guys, I've got Ro from Enter Shikari here who is going to be playing Ramfest. Ro, introduce yourself and what it is you do. Yo, yes, thank you for having me, mate. I'm a singer, I'm a producer, um, musician, and author. Primarily, my work revolves around the band Enter Shikari who are incredibly excited to finally be coming back to South Africa after all these years. Yeah, it's been something like 11 years since you guys last played in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, we did um, Oppie Copy Festival, and it was it was such a delight. We had such a good time. For one reason or another, we've never managed to get back. Um, obviously, it's kind of South Africa for us is a territory that's kind of by itself, like out, you know, far away from us and it's hard to kind of link in with other tours yeah it's a bit out of the way yeah we're super excited to yeah finally be coming back yeah like the inside is a buzz the excitement around you guys coming through has been absolutely i, I could feel it I've, people have been talking about it baiting about it and honestly like i'm quite stoked to have you guys coming back it's so sad that you mentioned that it was opi copy that you guys played since that is no longer a thing right oh okay yeah it seems to be the the uh trend at the moment so many festivals and here in the UK, we're losing venues at a ridiculous rate. I think it's one venue a week at the moment is um, dying. So it's, uh, yeah, it's quite depressing at the moment. That's really scary to hear because like we as South Africans tend to look out at the world, well, as South African musicians tend to look out at the world with sort of envious eyes of the, the music scenes of other countries, especially like the UK or the States and stuff like that. So hearing this from you that the, the there's venues that are, are dying out is actually quite quite sad and disheartening yeah i mean i think you know what is it's it's a it's a classic route that almost every industry is going down or a classic pollution that every industry is having to deal with it, it's kind of just the um the standard role of capitalism really so all the money is going to the places that already have quite their fair share of money so if we're talking about arenas or like big venues in the uk they're doing fine and we've, we've actually got there's at the moment there's tw i think it's 20 new arenas that are in at some stage of either being planned or being built you know some of them are still uh, are still working on permission but that but that's where we are with that at the same time on the complete other end of the scale all the kind of grassroots venues you know the, the venues that are bringing up the new artists that are giving people access and, and opportunities to be able to play music, interesting music, diverse music, nuanced music. All those places are struggling and not being supported by the government whatsoever and not being encouraged. So what we're doing with our um, tour in the UK early next year is uh, just doing like a simple one pound from each ticket goes towards grassroots venues. It's kind of cool to do that ourselves, but like the main reason we're doing it is to try and encourage arena-sized venues to to basically employ this one pound going to smaller venues on every show that they do. It's trying to apply a bit of pressure and trying to get the ball rolling because that would would help kind of equalize the the playing field, and it feels like a, a kind of more morally uh, righteous uh, thing that we should be aiming for. Yeah, kind of like the the shopping malls of the music scene, just consuming everything. And like you guys made a name for yourselves, like with the the like you're saying, the small, the grassroots venues. That's you guys. Even as you became a bigger band, were still really passionate about playing those smaller venues, those smaller, more intimate shows, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean that that that's how we we came up, and I'm constantly kind of 
I think grateful really that we get to play such a variety of venues in, in terms of size and different places around the world and we get to ex still experience those you know early sweaty intimate shows that that we grew up playing it's cool though because i was watching an interview with you guys you were talking about a, a venue that you loaded into that kind of like moonlighted as a strip club during the day and that was pretty hilarious because it's <laughs> duality like most venues in south africa serve alternative purposes during the day as well like i've played a venue that right. is a coffee shop during the day oh for sure <laughs> yeah yeah, that's the only way to survive, isn't it? I think in this current climate, anyway. That's <laughs> it's fantastic. And like, how was your experience in South Africa the last time you guys were here? Like, wh what was your thoughts on the the supporting acts, the bands that played alongside you guys? Uh, I know that in one of the other interviews that you guys said that you don't really get time to actually watch anything unless or listen to anything new unless you're on a lineup with them. Well, we had an absolutely amazing time like, last time we came. My, my memory's pretty shot at the best of times, but I was watching the little YouTube kind of roundup video that we did of, of that trip, and it brought back a lot of memories. But yeah, we, we had a great time. We had like a little afternoon doing a kind of safari game drive sort of thing. Um, that was amazing. You know, it's not every day on tour you get to stroke a baby lion. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. And yeah, I remember uh, in Taiwan, Chris is uh, our bassist. He's really looking forward to going to some wineries this time. He's a, a big wine guy. <laughs> and uh, obviously South Africa is uh, quite renowned for his, his wonderful alcohol. So yeah, no, we've, we've got good memories and we're looking forward to making some some further memories. Um, and, and the show itself was 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 great like the passion we didn't really know what to expect when we, we first came to to do that oppy copy festival and yeah it blew us away so we're really excited to to see if we can uh, up the game no that's absolutely sick and then just to let your basis know that one of the the towns that you're playing in uh stellenbosch is like kind of like our wine capital um it's pretty much what stelly's is known for is it's, it's wineries so he he should be excited about that yeah yeah <laughs> wicked in terms of another thing where you guys were saying that you also get like very little time well there's very little time between shows that you guys play like prior to covid there was less than like a no more than a three-month gap between being on stage is that still the same for you guys are you still once you're done here in south africa for Rampfest, what's the next like the next place you guys are on to i mean we've actually just had six weeks off because we obviously we brought the album out at the start of this year because for the whole world and it was just manic for for about six months really and so it's the first time during a, a summer you know during the height of festival season that we actually took some time off which is great so we're very much renewed and energized and ready to go but yeah I mean we'll certainly never experience anything like the the pandemic forced us to experience again we didn't play a show for for over a year and a half um and I, don't, I don't think you know I, at the moment I can't see a time where that happens ever again until one of us decides they don't want to do this anymore you know it's um we we live for for live music it, it's it's I discovered very intensely during the pandemic that, that that live music the experience the cyclical energy the human connection that is a real intrinsic fuel for what Enishikari does. It, 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 it can't survive without it. And, you know, consequently, I actually didn't write any music during that year and a half. I, I felt like I couldn't. I felt like I, I lost the ability to purely because I wasn't receiving the, the fuel, you know, the, the, that live scenario. So it was a very interesting, daunting 
disturbing time but you know what wasn't it for all of us but yeah I, I don't think we'll we'll ever spend more than more than six weeks off the road really yeah it was a it was a rough time for for all I, I think it would be largely in part to like your like you said how you guys came up with the playing of the smaller venues with live music always being a priority live performance live shows always being a priority over you know anything else and connecting with your audience so it's I'm actually really stoked to even be having this chat. Really, that's yeah. I mean, like l- live music for us is if you, I mean if you think about it, like historically on a on a on a quite a broad scale, we've only been able to listen to music that isn't in a live scenario. So you know, be that by vinyl, cassette, CD, and then digitally. Um, that's only happened in the in the last sort of 100 years you know before that we only heard our favorite song say about five times in our lifetime that's if we could afford to go and see it you know so so live music has always been with us you know go go back to sort of like around the campfire as hunter gatherers it's this communal thing it reminds us of our shared vulnerability it reminds us of our connection you know we 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 play some music and it's like a dictatorship you feel something and it's very probable that what you feel is going to be incredibly similar to the the, the person next to you what they're feeling so it's this it's this kind of last bastion of of unifying experience really there's, there's not really anything else that that brings us together and makes us feel connected like music does anymore so yeah it's just, it's just a real pleasure fills us with purpose the fact that we get to still play live music and you know that's not to say that I I don't put any uh, love into what we do in the studio of course that's equally interesting and and we get to explore all, all different types of sounds and ways of doing things but yeah I think the human connection thing is central to what we do and, and it always will be holy shit that is a perspective i've never considered before that has blown my mind to be honest like that is yeah it makes you feel super grateful doesn't it like the fact that i can listen to a song on repeat is something that the majority of human beings on this planet who've ever lived have never been able to experience so it's um yeah one does feel lucky that journey sort of backwards it's become a lot easier for someone to sit in their room and sort of experience that feeling Mm. themselves and be able to track things down and layer things differently and sort of expand on a vision that wouldn't have been possible that's only really been possible in the last couple of decades really yeah absolutely like the it's almost like the democratization of of music production you know with most people well, no, that's a that's a complete lie. A lot of people can afford, you know, a laptop. And if you can afford a laptop, then you can afford every single sound that one can dream of. You 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 can create anything really, like whole orchestras can layer all sorts of things, like you said. So it's it's amazing that that we can have these things almost in our pocket. You know, we're almost getting at the stage where there's apps that that can create. Um, music just as well as as kind of you know door based computer programs can so it's it, it really is an incredible era that that we're living through the, giving us all an ability to to yeah create music and like I'm, I'm super curious now like about so with your views on sort of how music has sort of become like an intrinsic thing and with the the time scales and sort of those those type of things how did the electronic element becomes such a big part of Inter Shikari 
with because if I'm not mistaken, you originally played guitar and then shifted over to the vocals and the the electronic side of things. What what was sort of the the motivation behind shifting so heavily towards that side and making it such a core like aspect of the band? Well, this I mean this happened very early on. So before Ant Shikari, we were a three piece. Um, so it was drummer Rob and and bassist Chris. Yeah, me me and Chris both played guitar. You know, we swapped bass and getting guitar around quite a lot we, we were more just kind of a standard hardcore punk band or or kind of then went through like a phrase of being like just an alternative rock band kind of sounding like muse or something uh, you know we were very this is when we were like 14 15 and then when I hit 16 I think by that point I'd been so lucky that I'd just been exposed to so many different styles of music I I, I have a, a very big like you know, like traditionally sort of Catholic family, like loads of uncles and aunties. And then they all had slightly different musical tastes. And some of them were really into music and had massive vinyl collections. And so, I, you know, I was, my, I can remember my uncle handing me Music for a Jilted Generation by The Prodigy when I was about, probably about 13 or, or 14. And it just blew my mind. It, you know, it was like nothing for someone that was brought up on like the Beatles, Queen, um Motown Northern Soul that kind of stuff uh, it just it was a whole new world at the same time you know early teens I was kind of getting into different local scenes so we had a hardcore punk scene but we also had like house drum and bass we were what you know living just outside London we got to watch dubstep grow from its very very early beginnings in South London so uh, yeah basically I was spoiled you know I had I had so many different influences and then at the same time, I was learning trumpet and, and learning music theory. So I was, I was playing in orchestras. So I had a lot of classical influences as well. So I think when we, we got to that age of 15, where we'd, we'd been in a band for a bit, we felt like we knew to some extent what we were doing. We, we then had the confidence to go, well, actually, we should expand our, our sound. You know, this isn't just who we are. We're not just alternative rockers. We, we have influences from all over the music musical spectrum um and and it, yeah it's just something that i'm really proud that we embraced you know it's um we we could have just settled to to be playing music like many of the bands around us were but it in in those days i think you needed to do something a bit different to get to get noticed it was it was it was a very sort of saturated scene as it is now i think and yeah we we were just we felt compelled to to explore uh, a broader musical spectrum you guys have known each other for pretty much most of your lives i mean like most if i'm mistaken mm. a couple of you have known each other since you were like five years old my question is is that i'm not sure if you can speak for the rest of the guys but what what do you think like 15 year old rose thoughts would be on the where the band is now i think he'd be uh blown away to the point of disbelief really i've always said that this is a hobby that got out of hand um, because that's always what it's felt like. We we never we were never that band that had massive ambitions. I can remember being arm in arm with with Chris when we were about 14 at Reading Festival here in the UK and, and watching some bands. We watched one of our favorite bands, 100 Reasons, um, whatever year that would have been. And and they were like, I think first first on on the main stage, so sort of eleven o'clock or midday. And I remember we just looked at each other. It's like, oh, man, if we could ever just get to this stage, you know, where we get to play outside in the sun at a festival, that would be amazing. And, you know, 
<laughs> look, look where we've got to. We, we play, we get to play incredible festivals every year, year in, year out. So we, we've completely surpassed anything that we we even dreamed of. And I, I think for us, we, we try to cling on to what ambitions we did have. I think over what I wanted from music or, or, or what I uh, yearned for, it, it, I know I've, I'll say this a lot in every interview, but it was human connection. You know, I grew up like a very socially anxious person. So like making friends was difficult. I I, I moved around a lot as, as a kid. My family moved a lot. So I was in lots of different schools and, and yeah, consequently found it very hard to to communicate really. So music was like a way of communicating. And it was, it, you know, if I could speak about music with people or if I could like play music with people, then it was a surefire way to sort of make me feel more um, at ease and more connected with people. So that's that's our ambition really, just to k- keep connecting with people on a deep level, keep making people feel something, make people feel unified. Yeah, luckily that's been our only ambition because it's very easy to get caught up in the rat race caught up you know I know so many bands who are just like trying to get bigger and bigger and play bigger venues and that's all they care about and it's not only is that just a bit like icky for me I think also it's a bit it's a bit dangerous like for the mental health that's not a good place to to be in you know it, it, it's it's uh relentless and it, it can only set you up to to eventually fail I think it kind of comes back to sort of the the capitalist and the, the greed aspect of it really where mm. all you're doing is kind of if if that is your goal you are kind of just fueling the machine yeah yeah absolutely it's um there's nothing sort of there's no depth in it you know there's no real sense of purpose apart from your own self-interest yeah and i just think that's a it's a very dangerous it's a tightrope you know as soon as you fall from that your sense of self-worth goes your sense of purpose goes and it that's something that i I concentrated a lot on in during the the kind of pandemic time because because I wasn't Rao for Men Shikara anymore. I was I was just Rao. Um, it it was kind of forced me to get my sense of purpose and self worth from other places, which I think was kind of long overdue. No, definitely, and like I, I do want to stress though that there's nothing wrong for, with wanting to make money from music so that you can actually survive and continue to do it. Uh, there's just an extent that which you know there's there's greed and then there's getting by yeah I, I don't i think if it's your primary reason then then you'll get into trouble yeah obviously within uh, a market economy we all have to produce something or work for some entity in order to get money to live but yeah if that becomes your primary drive then then i feel it becomes insincere in terms of the art that you're making well at that point you probably don't consider it art anyway so, so it's just a commodity you know Pretty much, yeah, it's something I've portrayed. Yeah. When you come through to South Africa now for the for the Ramfair shows, are you predominantly going to be playing the the new album, or you're going to be mixing in just a bit of like the older stuff as well for the fans from a lot of times, especially considering the reaction or the reception that you got from eleven years ago. Yeah, we we always try and play varied, you know, mixed sets. I think in the studio we try not to. We try not to be influenced by what we think the audience wants. But when it comes to the live arena, you know, we're there, we're there to provide an outlet for people, people's energy, for people's frustrations, to, to create like a experience that, you know, people are going to enjoy. So, yeah, we always try and like please as many people as, as we can. And, and that means trying to take at least some songs from every era 
trying to make a varied set. Um, and yeah, that that's something we we attempt to do every time. And I'm also like I'm curious. I, I did ask this of the ocean as well, and I fully understand considering how packed these schedules are. Have you had a chance to check out any of the local bands that are going to be playing with you at Ramfest? No, we, we actually spoke about this the other day. Um, we haven't yet, but we're we're definitely going to. Um, I think there's you know, there's definitely something to be said for like just discovering music live. You know, hearing something live for the first time. There's something almost magical about that. But knowing that we'll have a, a pretty intense schedule, I, I think I'm going to check out um, the acts beforehand and then just like try and maybe pick you know two or three that that I'll really like make sure I try and see live so yeah any any uh suggestions would be um oh man um facing the gallows is a must uh definitely my my favorite local metalcore band but this is such a a loaded lineup the oh god i would highly recommend uh let's see man is machine giving you like a list of very different artists each one of these guys are really different from the other okay yeah yeah, that's cool there's two of my favorites uh middle grounds who recently won the battle for vakan and they got to go play at the vakan show the vakan open air sunken state are arguably the hardest working boys in the country at the moment awesome yeah man i'll check them out i'm excited definitely facing the gallows and oh god and thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to have this chat with me i can't express how much i appreciate it any like a message to the south african guys who are expecting you guys and i am to see you yeah, as I said, we're super excited to get back. I can't wait to uh, sing along with you, see the whites of your eyes. It's going to be sick. It's going to be a lung puncturing set. We're going to uh, drink like Dionysus, shag like Zeus. Yeah, man. Can't wait. Oh, I'm absolutely stoked. Ross, R- R- thank you so much for taking the time. I can't express how much I appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with me. Oh, big up. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, hopefully uh, get to to see you on the on the day.